Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group and our toll-free number 800-951-0592. The website, allamericangold.com. You can do everything you need to do out there. A gorgeous day out here in the Valley of the Sun as we're ready. Well, I don't know if we're ready. Summer is coming uh, the big heat, though, still not here yet, so still a uh, great time to get out there and play around the golf or uh, enjoy the great weather. Make sure you got plenty of water when you're out there hiking. Don't turn on the TV. Uh, the Suns' best player got hurt in their playoff game yesterday. Maybe dashing title hopes for uh, Phoenix. And our baseball team is terrible. Our hockey team's even worse. And who knows who our quarterback's going to be on the football team. So that concludes the sports. Jason, good morning. We've got a very interesting market. Uh, gold and silver. We had the profit-taking day yesterday. A pretty flat here today. Uh, the Dow, which had a nice day yesterday, is is up so far today. Uh, Netflix with an absolute disaster. I hope you didn't own any Netflix down 37% as Netflix said that they actually lost subscribers, 2 million of them, saying the number one reason, people can't afford it, Jason. Oh, well, I, I stopped watching Netflix, it. Netflix, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what it costs, like $10? I, I don't know. Uh, I stopped watching it because the, uh, the shows they produce are really bad uh, ever since the Obama's. <laughs> <laughs> the Obamas bought into that. Remember when Barack Obama and his wife bought in there, and suddenly all the shows started having these uh, propaganda shows, you know, the, the stuff that I don't want to watch. And, uh, yeah, so so on top of that, people can't afford it. Well, <laughs> it all makes sense, Joe. I, I don't like Netflix. I watch some of this stuff, but, yeah, I don't like Netflix anymore. I can't watch that stuff. Well, yeah, it's just uh, another uh, version of regular. It's all garbage, right? But most of the stuff out there is unwatchable to begin with. Uh, but we've got a really interesting day. I- I'm going to highly, highly, highly suggest you put some more gold and silver away before the weekend. Uh, Zero Hedge is reporting that the there's a French election this 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 weekend, and that they want to make sure. Wait, who's the guy? Uh, Macron, Macron, I don't know, however you pronounce it. Uh, they want the current guy to win. And after this election, Zero Hedge is saying that the EU, they've already got it all set up, that at that point, they are going to ban uh, Russian oil. And this is going to obviously create huge problems. Uh, it is Wednesday. We had oil inventory reports. They ju- Well, we got one last yesterday afternoon after the markets. That was the private sector one. We just got the government numbers for oil inventories in the United States. Uh, to put it plainly, absolute disaster. Uh, the API, the private sector, said that that crude oil stocks were down four and a half million barrels. The government, the Department of Energy, said, "Hey, it was worse than that." 
down 8 million barrels. Uh, distillates, which we've been talking a lot about that. That's your jet fuel, your diesel. Uh, bolt reports down big, somewhere between 1.6 to 2.6 million barrels. And also something else interesting in the report was a massive jump in crude exports. Uh, people are saying that all the oil coming out of the strategic oil reserve is just heading over to Europe, that they're just loading it up. It's not even staying here, uh, which is why we're having these huge drawdowns and the gasoline demand. This was something that we, we are seeing some weakness back to average for this time of year. So, Jason, this is a huge in indicator. Uh, crude oil, which was trending, trending a little lower. Remember, it was down $5 yesterday. Uh, coming right back into positive territory. And if Zero Hedge is right, and again, Zero Hedge is reported, I haven't seen, like CNBC isn't saying anything, Market Watch, nobody else is saying this, but if they're right and, and this happens next week, uh, look out. Uh, we're going to see probably 150 to $200 a barrel crude, uh, and, and we'll see new all-time highs in, in gold. Yeah, no, that, Joe. Oil is is uh, a huge factor in in uh, the market's health, and uh, you know I, I find it funny. You know, look at look at the. I was just looking at Japan. Look at look at Japan, kind of cratering. The yen is just dropping off the. Yeah, off the we cliff. haven't even talked. That's another great. We haven't even talked. I want to say the yen has been down fifteen days in a row. Uh, and, and again, you know what? It's kind of sad to say it, but let's face it: Japan's almost in sequential now. Uh, their, their currency is just garbage, uh, and, uh, and and to see this happening, uh, maybe are we going to see uh, something we haven't talked about? We're talking about the U.S. and their digital currency, eurozone, their digital currency. Is Japan going to have to go first? Well, Joe, I think the yen dropping is sort of a, a harbinger for the dollar, especially we lose we lose our uh, world reserve currency, Joe. But but look at I mean the the Japanese stock market's kind of sideways; it ain't going down, but they're experiencing the inflation, right? And they've and their government has bought they've bought their stock market, right? There's only so many stocks you can buy when the currency ain't worth anything, Joe. That's uh, if their stock market crashes, Joe, what's going to happen worldwide, right? Yeah, exactly right. And we'll talk about the dollar. Uh, Jeffrey Gunlatch was out giving his opinion on where the dollar is headed. You're not going to want to miss it. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Joe Jaguar, Jason Walker. And we're talking about the, the Japanese yen uh, falling in, in dramatic fashion. Uh, one of my favorite uh, analyst guys that I listened to, uh, Jeffrey Gunlatch, was talking about the dollar uh, reiterating, uh, you know, the I guess the 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 adage that the dollar is the cleanest, dirty shirt in the laundry, if you will. Uh, but but getting a lot dirtier in uh, saying that, hey, we're we're bullish short term on the dollar. And they, and he's actually been this way uh, for about six months already. And he said, "Listen, for about the next six months to maybe a year." But he made some very interesting comments. Inflation, he says, "We're not done." And again, 
Obviously, he's agreeing with me. He says, don't be surprised to see a 10% inflation number. Of course, this is the new way the, the Federal Reserve. Remember, last month, number was 85 So he says, listen, we're going to go to at least 10 before uh, we, we get start seeing the other side of things. Talked about energy. Talked about oil. Talked about natural gas. Talked about how they're not done. It's going to get worse before it gets better. He says he sees no way that the Federal Reserve is going to be able to pull back on raising interest rates, at least in the foreseeable short-term future. And, and he says that, you know, as commodities go, this is where CPI is heading. I can't possibly see how the Fed can pull back on interest rate increases. Their job is to fight inflation. I mean, really, when you think about it, they've got two mandates. Full employment, which, let's face it, we're here. We've been here. The only time we didn't have full employment in the last, what, five, six years is when we forced people not to go to work. And then the other one, they call it stable prices. That means don't, you know, inflation at a, what they call an acceptable level. And he said, he said that's their job. And they've done a terrible job of doing it so far. Uh, And I don't know, Jason. I mean, I I guess to to his point, the dollar's going to go up as the Fed keeps hiking rates, and the Fed's got to have to hike rates until it's all broken. And then he said the dollar's in big trouble after that. And that, and I think, really, uh, that's kind of why you got to load up on, on gold now. When it breaks, you're going to see gold. We're going to see a doubling, a tripling. We can see gold up five times from where it is at this level. Yeah, Joe, and, and gold has actually been doing well when the dollar's been going up recently. So it's uh, like I said, the, the things that are going on in the markets aren't normal. This isn't this isn't normal for the last, let's say, several decades. For you know, the dollar goes up, gold goes down. You know, gold goes up, the dollar goes down. Uh, so it's it's not just a it's, it's there's some exceptions to the rule going on. So you're right, Joe. What happens when the dollar starts to collapse because they have to change policy? Gold could really go crazy. Well, that's when the big move happens. Right now, and Jason brings up a really good point. We're in this, and and we've seen this before, where the dollar is rising and gold's rising. Interest rates are going up, gold's going up. 87, we saw it. We saw it. Uh, at the, when the tech bubble crashed, we saw it during the financial crisis, right? These are huge warning signs. And Gunlatch said, we're talking about the magnitude of the move. And he's talking about how the bond yields, remember, what was it, not even two weeks ago, the bond yields inverted. And now all of a sudden we've had this massive, steep, matter of fact, the 10-year note got to 295 overnight last night. Now it's come back off of that. Uh, but it's going to have to go much higher. But he's talking about, listen, we've seen these moves before. But the magnitude of this move, in other words, how fast it's been, is the same magnitude of the move that we saw before the global financial crisis. And I bring this up again because a big up 
in commodities, particularly energy, is often the catalyst and is a post-mortem in determining to be part of the cause behind great recessionary periods. And, and I think this is, that's as, as simple as you can lay it out. And this is exactly uh, what Jason and I have been talking about. We are in a stagflationary cycle that's going to end in a massive recessionary cycle. And that's when you're really going to see uh, the gold prices kind of go off the charts here, right? You, you, you're going to see uh, the, the big moves. You know, go back to the financial crisis. You know, the, the funny thing about it is, you know, gold was at a thousand. Think about that, a thousand. Actually went all the way back to seven hundred dollars before the, the big fight, you know, cause the housing market crisis and the big financial crisis came and, and gold almost tripled because it ended up, you know, at nineteen hundred. The big part of the move, now gold went from about 700 uh, to, to, to 1,000, but the big part of the move came when? When all of a sudden they had to admit, hey, the housing problem is wasn't the only problem, and, and then the big move comes. And this is what uh, Jeffrey Gunlatch is saying. You, you know, you got to remember, during the height of COVID, gold actually fell. Gold fell last year. And he's saying, listen, we're seeing the same setup as we saw during the financial crisis. And when this thing turns, it's going to get vicious and it's going to be ugly. Yep. Yeah, and Joe, I'll say this. We saw the repo markets in 19 go crazy. Then we saw coronavirus come in. Now the Ukraine war. And, you know, and just look look at how steadily gold's been going up already. Usually, uh, with with ups and downs in the markets, eventually, you know, and we'd had kind of a stale twenty twenty one in gold pricing, but man, it didn't it held on in, in times where maybe it should have went down in price. So it's it's steadily. I mean, it was twelve seventy five about this time in nineteen. It was uh, about fifteen hundred dollars about this time in uh, twenty twenty. You know, then it hit record highs in twenty uh, in uh, in twenty twenty one. Just a few, you know. Uh, a scant few months Early, ago, yep, and it's yep. just it just keeps going up. And and here's the thing, we haven't really hit the economic nightmares that are getting ready to happen, Joe. So if it keeps going up, yep. no matter what, for, uh, for all the different things that have happened the last three years, what's going to happen when Japan fails? When China's housing market really crashes? What happens if uh, uh, there's there's Russian troops on the Finnish border? There's all of these things that are going to give the markets an excuse to crash because hey, it's it's not it's not the financial deciders. It's not the bank's fault, right, Joe? Right, of course not. Right, and we saw it with Netflix. We did have existing home sales out today, man. When you start looking at these numbers, now remember the existing homes; these are closings. So these would have been people that signed contracts in in January, February area. So this was, hey, I'm going to try to beat the rate hike. So this number uh, was it, it, it's going to get worse, and it was already uh, a very very tough number. Home prices, existing home prices, hit a new record high. So the average transaction. Was three hundred seventy-five thousand three hundred dollars. That's a new record. Uh, that was an increase of fifteen percent.
from 2021. You know what's so funny? In the Fed's fake inflation number, uh, they've got housing at about 4%. So just just tells you how understated it is. But here was the bad part. The, the biggest thing is March sales. And again, these are existing homes. These were contracts signed in January, February. Almost 5% lower than they were in 2021. Uh, it was a drop of almost 3% from February. So this was a March number from February, right? You, you start, you know, you annualize the drop, and then you're, you're looking at over 33% if this number, if this trend continues. Uh, the annualized rate down back below 6 million, down to 5.7 million. Uh, that's the lowest that we've seen in several years. Obviously, uh, the mortgage rates are, are uh, now at 5.2%. Uh, and, and again, supply remains tight. So it's going to be interesting as we get the April number uh, and the May number. Are we going to see uh, home prices cooling off as we're watching the, the actual sales uh, really start falling here. Uh, and, and again, Jason, I think this is all expected. The, the big thing about housing is going to be are the people that are paying cash. Are they going to say, you know what, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait because I think I can get it cheaper six months from now. Uh, then, then, then housing could look awfully different heading into October. Yeah, the only thing that's keeping the housing prices up, in my mind, Joe, is that uh, because of uh, the shutdown in 2020 of everything, uh, they never really caught up to, to housing demand. But to, to have housing numbers that you're t- speaking of right now, is, it shows a very dark cloud coming over it. And I think the best anybody can hope for is that it just kind of goes sideways. So uh, I've said this many times, if the housing prices go sideways with 20% inflation, yeah, uh, your house is not really that 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 asset that's performing for you, is it, Joe? So it's uh, that the only thing, the only thing, Joe, that keeps us from having a uh, a two thousand eight housing crash is because there's just less inventory per per, per buyer out less. there. A lot less, and and that was one of the themes too, right? Still no inventory, right? There's not a there's not a lot of sales happening, but there's not a lot of inventory. So uh, that's the lone bright spot in it. And again, still, still. Prices were still rising there. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens over the course of the next few months. Especially, got to remember, listen, we're two weeks away from a half-point increase. That'll really make it bad. <laughs> That's going to make we're it We're eight worse. weeks away from another half-point increase. They're, they've got no choice. And again, I don't know that. Our half-points aren't enough. Their job, allegedly, they only have two jobs, allegedly. Two mandates. Full employment, which we have. The other one is don't let inflation go above 2%. Yep. They're not doing their job. Of course, we know that they, they, they can't. But how about this out of the European electric utility? This gives me a little worry. Remember, I, we started this show with Zero Hedge. Saying, hey, listen. The only reason they, that the EU hasn't cut Russia off, they want to make sure 
Macron, the the French guy, wins. They don't want Le Pen. Uh, you know, she's uh, more like a, a, a Donald Trumper, if you will. I, and I'm, I'm just trying to point out the example of how the Europeans view her. They don't want her to win. And after this weekend's election, they're going to shut Russia off. Uh, the European electric, uh, electric utility came out with a massive warning this morning saying that the amount of European customers that are going to have to borrow to pay their energy bills is going to increase by 50%. We're expecting a severe impact on customers' ability to pay. There will be significantly larger numbers of people moving into fuel poverty as a consequence of significant increases in bad debt. Government action won't be nearly enough to mitigate the full impact of the prices. And listen to this. Come October, it's going to be truly horrific. Now, why does that month keep coming up? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. Gold's pretty flat today, 1955. Uh, After some profit-taking yesterday, silver uh, is at 25 in in a quarter right now. we got the Dow mixed. Uh, The Dow's higher. The Nasdaq's lower uh, as Netflix uh, just got absolutely destroyed after the bell yesterday, down 37% on loss of subscribers. We're watching oil. Uh, the inventory reports out of the United States kind of, doesn't it defeat the purpose? I mean, we're releasing oil a million barrels a day out of the strategic oil reserve. If we're just going to ship it somewhere else. Right? I mean, I mean, doesn't that defeat the purpose? I mean, here we had, according to the Department of Energy, we had an 8 million barrel, uh, drawdown, uh, because crude oil exports, uh, we exported over 4 million barrels of, of crude oil a day. Uh, I, I, and again, I've been saying this for a while. Right? We, we, we saw energy shoot up. And it got what? Interday, I think, got to like 130. Uh, it's been trading between, let's, let's call it, uh, $98 to $110 for about the last three weeks. I've got a feeling that next week that comes to an end. I think we're going to see the next leg higher, especially with the gasoline demand. Uh, apparently, uh, consumers here in the U.S. adjusting their pocketbooks. It got back to where we would normally expect it at this time of the year, which just means, Jason, the price is going to, it's going to continue to go higher. Exactly, exactly, Joe. And, and uh, I don't know how many times in previous years we say, hey, this is a good time to buy. It's, it's always a good time to buy because gold is a protection. It's a hedge against what's actually happening in, in, in a higher level. So what, what Joe, the, uh, what he's telling the, uh, you, the listener out there, you uh, – you're you're looking at some dire circumstances that are much worse than, uh, let's just say when Brian and I jumped on in 2018, and Brian and I used to have this thing, hey, this this is the good old days, because I always uh, was impressed with the older gold buyers that would come in, Joe, and say, hey, I used to buy these things for 300 bucks, and now we sell them for like almost 2300, right? So, 
I, I always said that when you get that situation where the uh, the so-called news says, hey, everything's got good, the markets are going up, everything's, you know, the markets are fixed, you know, the whole Obama has fixed the markets. Remember all those years, Joe, that, oh, hey, well, he fixed the markets, but, you know, he couldn't get off 0% interest. We, we have moved to a position that is in, in the markets are so weak, Joe, that at any moment any number of factors can just blow things up in a major way. And why not buy gold now? Before gold's three thousand dollars, or gold is four thousand dollars, or gold is five thousand, or ten thousand, right, Joe? Yeah. Well, you know, let me point out. You know, we talked uh, yesterday about how Apple employees at the retail stores looks like they're gearing up to demand thirty dollars an hour. Uh, yesterday, I told you Verizon said, "Hey, listen, minimum paying out twenty dollars an hour today." Southern California grocery workers. So this is, and obviously California, uh, they got a huge union there, uh, and they the unions in every supermarket in California, they just approved. Get this, pay raises from 19 to 31 percent from current levels and this just tells you how big the problem really is and go back to what jeff gunlatch said listen the fed is screwed here they're gonna have to raise rates they're gonna have to go big and then that's gonna kill the whole thing and this is exactly what i've been telling you the whole way through this and already uh, we're seeing these signs where the economy is slowing wages you know think about the, who who ever heard of this 19 to 31% let's just say 25% nobody gets 25% pay raises especially in retail especially in super you're lucky to get 2 or 3% That'd be lucky. Now you're talking 30%, and guess what? It's not going to be enough. And this is the problem. We're, we're in this horrible cycle where the Federal Reserve was so far behind the curve. Right? These people believed their own press clippings. Look at even now. They're still waiting. There's no reason they have to wait. They could have raised rates to 1% today. They didn't do it, and they're not going to do it. And this is actually making the problem even worse. I, I think the pain that we're in for, uh, as Jeff Gunlatch says, hey, listen, we're talking about magnitudes of the last financial crisis. And then he, but remember what he said. Oh, by the way, it's, still, it's getting worse yet. We're not done. In other words, this is going to be even worse than that. And I think he's dead on. He's spot on with it. And already we're seeing, we're seeing Japan's currency is absolutely collapsing. I think we're going to see this start to spread. Uh, you know, I think the Eurozone currency is in trouble. Our currency is in trouble. Listen, fiat money's on the clock right now, Jason. Exactly. When we, how many times have we talked about, you know, the, the, World Reserve currency changing and digital currency on uh, on its on its way, and uh, fiat currencies are going to die. You know, they're going to die. Uh, we they they always die. They always end up at zero, and uh, we're we're looking at it happen in real time. And it's it's a matter of when, right, Joe? When is the when's the month? What what is it going to be next year? Is it going to be later this year? And when they roll out these digital currencies, I'm going to stick to October. 
October now seemingly popping up over and over and over again. Remember, we're always, you know, October is usually, you know, all these bad things. It's like the October surprise, right? So it's almost like uh, they use October as the month for bad things to happen because uh, when you go back and you look at a lot of these other things, October is usually, go back to the financial crisis. Remember, in late August, Ben Bernanke was talking about raising rates, and by October, right, Bear Stearns was ready to go under. So this is this is exactly, I think, the time period. I think I, I think this is what we've got to watch for. Yeah, Joe, and I, I don't know. I've, sometimes I, I think maybe uh, sometime this summer we start to see it really collapse, and then does it get worse in October? Uh, I do know from a political standpoint that uh, – the Biden administration would love for this thing to go to emergency mode this summer, and then they can have the so-called fix or try to put a Band-Aid on and make it look good for the election. So I, I'm, you get that half point in May and you get that half point in June. I don't know if they go if they can raise the rates past June, Joe. That's that's kind of also something I'm looking at. Is it, does it start to fall apart after that June rate hike? We'll, we'll see. I, I think this is the, the part that I think they would want to stop in June. I don't think the data is going to let them stop in June. And that's why uh, I think they're going to raise again and possibly again, and then the whole thing breaks. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. We had $10 Liberty still at $1150. Gold at $2295 at $800. Nine five one zero five nine two. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Saudi Arabia Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is going to, well, has been threatening, and I believe is doing it, to move his country closer to Russia and China uh, to punish President Joe Biden for distancing himself from the kingdom. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, MBS, that's what he's known as, the Karate Sound Prince, uh, is determined to punish the Biden administration and the United States uh, for pulling back their support in the war in Yemen and also for uh, punishing some Saudi nationals over the killing of that reporter uh, back in 2018. Uh, Saudi Arabia has, glo- has grown much closer to China in the last year, deepening ties militarily, culturally, and economically, according to the, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, furthermore, Saudi Arabia has failed to condemn Russia, right? Really, the whole Middle East. Remember, we did that part, you know, that 93-82 vote. Uh, there, uh, whether to sanction more sanctions on Russia, and you essentially had all the BRIC countries, all of the Middle East, and most of Asia siding with the Russians, uh, where you had, you know, the old guard, right? You had the United States, uh, you had Europe, you had Australia, Japan, uh, going, uh, uh along with, with our side, but even, uh, Mexico, as an example, said, nah, we're not voting, right? Most of Central America, South America also uh, going the other way as well, Jason. 
That, that's right, Joe. That's right. And, and uh, we'll we'll see the the ramifications of all this uh, as the months go on, because you know the war really didn't start in Ukraine until uh, <clears throat> almost the end of February. You know, there is the end of February in here, and we're only in uh, April. <laughs> it's, it seems like it was forever ago, right? But uh, we're we're, we're uh, not even two months into this war, and things are moving, and, and the ramifications of these things that have been uh, done, the decisions by countries like Saudi Arabia, uh, Russia, sanctions on Russia, you know, what's, gonna, what's, what's China doing, all this stuff, uh, it, these decisions are made two months ago or a month ago, or they're being made this month. Sometimes it takes a couple of months, six months, and then and then the ramifications can hit you hard. I mean, can you imagine, Joe? Since the sanctions in basically March, what do you, you know? By next March, can you imagine how bad these decisions are going to affect us by by that time frame? Yeah, well, uh, man, look at this. Of course, this just makes total sense. Uh, Rice, the International Rice Research Institute. Yeah, there's such a thing. Uh, now saying rice harvest are going to be down 10% or more next year, uh, according to uh, a report out of Bloomberg saying that farmers in China, India, Bangladesh, Indonesia, and Vietnam, the largest rice-producing countries in the world, are going to have significantly reduced output due to soaring fertilizer prices. So... Uh, again, rice was the one thing of all, you know, when you think about like wheat and palm oil and corn and soybeans, rice was the one commodity that really hadn't gone anywhere. Uh, that all changed today, Jason. Hey, uh, you know, we, do, we, do, we know there's food shortages, you know, uh, whether it be a false, you know, scarcity or, 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 or real, you know, there's, or there's a real sh- uh, shortage of food. So uh, even if it wasn't that uh, the rice harvest was bad, Joe, there's going to be a shortage because, hey, there's all these other foods that are, are short all over the world. Somebody's going to grab up all the rice. Let's face it, Joey, you like to eat wheat all the time. When there's no wheat, you'll switch to rice, right? Yeah, that's exactly so funny. It's pretty much what the report was saying, that rice exports have jumped significantly. And now, again, we're back to the same problem. Okay, well, now we don't have any inventory of rice now. Uh, and, and it just seems like it's one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And just remember, really going back to the 70s, the, the powers that be have used paper, like paper gold, paper silver, to suppress the prices. And they've, they've done it for 50 years. I mean, look at silver today. What a joke, 25 and a quarter. Yet you can't buy a physical ounce of silver uh, for, you know, almost $40. And if it's silver eagles above $40, it's starting to crumble. And this is what you have to understand. When the paper they're using to suppress it starts to fall apart, that's when these explosions in price, Jason, are going to happen. You know, silver is almost an, is very interesting with everything going on. False abundance. <laughs> That's what silver is. Oh, there's plenty of it. It only needs to be $25, Joe. It's false abundance because silver actually, there is not enough for the physical demand. That's why we're, like you said, most silver is somewhere around 40 bucks an ounce. And let me say something about rice. When rice becomes harder to get, rice is like the most basic. If you go to just one worldwide food, when rice becomes harder to get, that's a bad one. I mean, let's face it, Joe, and uh, anytime uh, there's been wars, especially in, in, in Asia, 
when our guys are taken prisoner, that, that's the one. That's the only food they give you. If they give it to the prisoners, that's the most basic of basic foods and the cheapest of cheapest foods, Joe. They give rice. So when rice becomes harder to get, that shows you how uh, how bad the food supply really is. Yeah, and, and again, and it's it's the same problem with energy. Uh, it's the same problem, really, with every commodity in the world. Procter and Gamble had great earnings out uh, as they continue to raise prices. And guess what they said? They said the same thing. Listen, prices are going to continue to go up. Uh, it, it's horrible, and, and the Federal Reserve uh, hasn't done their job, still doesn't want to do their job. They're being forced to do their job, and it's going to lead to another Great Depression be prepared. $20 gold, $22.95. $10 gold, $11.50. Jason and I are coming right back. Final segment coming up. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour here. Final segment uh, on on this edition here. And uh, back to the Wall Street Journal. More news breaking on uh, what's happening with the relationship with the United States and Saudi Arabia. They say that uh, the Saudi crown, crown prince continues to not accept uh, phone calls from President Biden of the United States saying that they have stopped asking uh, Saudi Arabia to increase oil production. They are now asking Saudi Arabia not to do anything to damage the effort in, in uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict. I guess uh, essentially saying, hey, don't move closer to Russia. Don't move closer to China. Just don't do anything now. Uh, but once again, according to the Wall Street Journal, Saudi Arabia won't even answer the phone, Jason. Yeah, uh, they have that uh, that authority over in the United States, you know, that the petrodollar really uh, was, it was a, a deal between both nations, and now we're decades and decades way past that and the dollar is looking weak and global political situations are changing and and uh, i don't think saudi arabia wants to uh deal with america anymore if they don't have to have a petrodollar joe they don't need us right so uh and here's the thing i i think it's a negotiation i think saudi arabia loves uh the fact that we militarily basically build them up so my guess is this is a, a negotiation tactic which probably doesn't bode well for us no, either way, they, they've got leverage and they intend to use it. Speaking of leverage, we haven't even talked about what's going on at the border. A new monthly record of people crossing the border uh, and turning themselves in over 200,000, 220,000 people, uh, which was the largest. That was March of 2020. Uh, but they're saying that this right now, the flood at the border expected to break the all-time record high uh, as people at the end of Title 42. And again, I'm just going to point it out. If we've got a couple hundred thousand people crossing our border every single month, month in and month out, what is that going to do to the price of everything? It's going to, once again, making the problem that much Worse doesn't make it better. Actually, makes it worse, Jason. That's right. And, you know, and uh, this is a problem that this is one of those things. It's a purposeful act. You know, the the people, the the government that you know that that make the decisions. They they have an open border for a reason, Joe. And and economically, if things are going to go sliding off a cliff here, 
uh, cheap labor is is one way that a lot of companies are going to try to fix things. That's just the it's just the way the world is working right now. I mean, just think about it. The previous record, two hundred twenty thousand sixty three in March of twenty twenty. This March, two twenty one. 303, so 221,303, and they said, by the way, there's a record number uh, in Mexico getting ready to cross. Uh, I mean, you know what's it's, funny, it's, Joe? it's ridiculous. You know what's funny is uh, you got this problem of illegal immigration, but they sure have these great numbers of counting them. <laughs> it sure seems like they have a good accounting version of, of how many are crossing over. Well, that's Joe. just what, right. These are the ones because, you know, they know now, hey, just turn yourself in. It used to be right. Hey, you know, sneak across, but you got to avoid the border patrol. Now they're like, ah, no, don't do that, because they're just going to release you and they're going to give you a court date and just don't show up. It'll be fine. It's messed up. It's a radio news hour, right? <laughs> <laughs>